Bad boy good. Bad boy good. I get a little anxious if I don't have my quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, my two quarterbacks by like the end of the fifth round. I get I get really anxious. If I don't have three by seven, then I'm really okay. you know, kind of out of my elements. Now it's time for the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast, the official podcast of the Super Friends League. Bad boy good boy. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two-on-one of Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your commish, Tommy Moe, bringing you the second installment of our mini-pod series discussing positional rankings and draft strategies to get you primed for the upcoming fantasy football season. On this episode, we're going to talk about quarterback rankings and Superflex draft strategy. And to help me do that, we have a guest on the show, James Katulis, uh, also known as James the Brain from the Superflex Super Show. What's up, James? Welcome to the two on one. Ah, Tommy Mo, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm 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 really excited for this one. This one's gonna be awesome. First time on, and uh, I've listened to you for a while, so yeah, I'm 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 ready to go. Awesome. I'm super happy you're here. Um, you know, uh, we had your your compadre uh, FF Stompy on last year on the pod, so it's cool to get another one, uh, another guy from uh, you know your crew. Yeah, nice to have an upgrade this year. Um, you, guys are doing, <laughs> you guys are heading in the right direction. That's what that shows. That's yeah, we're all. trying to, you know, I mean, Stompy won SFB8, but, you know, it's it's nice to still upgrade to some more quality <laughs> contributors. There, there you go. There you go. It's always nice to upgrade, right? <laughs> so, you know, so we're let's talk uh, quarterback rankings uh, for redraft leagues. Number one, I have Andrew Luck as my quarterback one going into this year, and I feel like it's not that much of a hot take lately, but it is a little bit different than who I've been seeing other people have as their quarterback one. Who do you have as QB one this year? You know, it's interesting. I have Patrick Mahomes as my QB one, and you know, the, these rankings are always fluid, right? We're, we're always kind of moving them and kind of shaking things up as as news kind of kind of breaks, and with the Tyree Kill news that he's not gonna. He's not going to be suspended at all this year. Uh, that moved Patrick Mahomes back up to number one for me. And full transparency, Andrew Luck was there for me. Okay. But Patrick Mahomes moved up to number one just because, hey, he's going to get a full 16 games with Tyreek Hill again. That supporting cast hasn't changed much. And even with up to 20% regression from last season, Patrick Mahomes still still throws for 40 touchdowns or scores 40 touchdowns and still ends up QB1. So um, I, I feel good about having him there, but I really like Andrew Luck a lot this year too. So so I could be swayed that way, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, you know, Andrew finished pretty hot last year. We're seeing how good that offense could be. Um, and, and then just, you know, a healthy Andrew Luck and, you know, what that could do. But uh, it's been so funny to see people talk about Patrick Mahomes' regression. That's fine. He could totally regress. And like you're saying, he's still quarterback one. He's still throwing 40 touchdowns. You know, a regression from 50 touchdowns in 5,000 yards is still a pretty good quarterback, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, he could still finish QB1, even with uh, some significant regression. But you, you brought up some good points with Andrew Luck. You know, not only did he look good in that offense last year, 
but he, th their offense actually improved, in my opinion. I mean, you, you bring in Paris Campbell, a nice receiver that you drafted, and Devin Funches is a reliable target, you know, opposite of uh, T.Y. Hilton. And I think that that supporting cast just got upgraded. Mm -hmm. You know, a healthy Jack Doyle as well would help. So, yep. um, yeah, I think I think the, uh, the, the arrow is definitely pointing up for Andrew Luck, and that's, that's dangerous considering he had such a good year last year bouncing back from that shoulder injury. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think there's a clear-cut top two. And no, and because we're talking super flex uh, for draft strategy, and you know, in this in this mini pod, um, before we move on 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 rankings, does do your rankings change at all? Because if it's super flex, or or is it generally the same? Um, you know, but just where you target players and where their uh, ADP might be uh, different for you. Yeah, generally it's the same. Um, I I will say. Uh, there, there's sometimes there's a different strategy. For instance, if your quarterback one is going to be a high risk guy, a guy who I would consider a high risk guy that uh, that you know is going pretty high is a guy like Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. if Baker Mayfield is your quarterback one. I want a safer option at quarterback two. Maybe an older guy like a Drew Brees or a yeah. Big Ben, someone like that that I can feel really safe with. That has that safe floor, that high floor. Maybe not the higher ceiling. But I would like that safe option. Whereas if I get a safe option as my quarterback one, a guy like uh, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, a guy who's, uh, those guys are normally towards the top, I think I could swing for upside. A guy like Lamar Jackson or someone like that is my QB2 if I want and really swing for upside because I have that high floor quarterback one. So uh, super flex will change a little bit just because of that strategy there. Um, I'd, I'd like to have at least one safe option, um, but I'd also like to swing for one, you know, really high upside guy as well. Yeah. And so uh, would you say your rankings, your, you know, your actual rankings may change a little bit more for Dynasty uh, from redraft to Dynasty as opposed from redraft to Superflex? Absolutely. The gap between redraft and Dynasty is more significant than it will be um, from 1QB to Superflex. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's just based on obviously age. You know, I mean, we get mm -hmm. there's a lot of quarterbacks that are that, that can play well into their late 30s. And now we're seeing 40s, even with Tom Brady can still play at a high level. Um, but, you know, you, you, you really when obviously in Dynasty, you really got to prepare, especially at that quarterback position for what's coming next because there's not a whole lot of quarterbacks or safety uh, when it comes to co drafting quarterbacks in the rookie draft. So, um, you know, it's really difficult to get your hands on a quarterback once one retires. So that's that's the key is that, uh, you know, if you're going to draft an older quarterback in, uh, in Dynasty, you better really have a nice, a solid backup plan on what's going to happen when that guy goes away. Nice. Nice. Okay. So let's, uh, let's keep it going with the rankings. Um, I definitely want to go through kind of our top 10 and then hit on a, on a few ones that are a little bit different. This, uh, you know, I sent you my rankings ahead of time. So you got to see, uh, where I have people currently ranked. Um, definitely, uh, just, I'll say this is my first draft on, on the rankings. So they definitely might change, especially after our discussion. Uh, but number two on my list is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, who do you have? I have Andrew Luck, and so okay. our, our top two definitely the same, just a different order. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think we're 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 pretty close there. And I think that's pretty safe, right? To to say that if, if either one of those guys as your QB one, you're not you're not going wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, and my number three. Um, I know some people uh, that have this guy as their number one, you know, for their hot take for this year. Uh, but I have Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I my number three is going to be a very hot take as well. Um, it's going to be very different. My number three is Ben Roethlisberger this year. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I, I 
think the, the passing attempts, the amount of passing attempts is going to be very high again for, for Big Ben. Um, I, I think that division got more competitive and there's, they're going to have to score more. Yeah. Uh, I really like Big Ben. I think he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder this year. Uh, so I, I, you know, no Antonio Brown, but I think uh, guys like Vance McDonald, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, those are all going to be guys that are going to step up and get significant targets. I like Big Ben an awful lot this year um, in that system. So, uh, yeah, we we, uh, we have some difference here already at three. Well, I, I mean, Roethlisberger at three, I'd almost say that's a hot take at this point. It's definitely one I haven't seen yet. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm higher on him uh, this year than I think most are. Uh, I'll agree with that. And do you think they're going to throw more um, because of any sort of uncertainty with uh, James Conner, you know, and, and losing maybe touches to Samuel uh, or or because the defense isn't that good and they might have to be playing from behind? I think both of those are legitimate reasons. I think Pittsburgh's defense is getting better, but it's also very young. And I think that takes time for, for a defense to gel together. So I think there's that. I think um, Jalen Samuels may see an increase in playing time. He's an excellent pass catching back. He has, as a matter of fact, he was he had tight end eligibility in college. He mm-hmm. was he was used more as a tight end than as a running back. But he uh, he has you know he has capabilities at both positions. Um, I think Vance McDonald is in for another good year. I think he proved himself last year when he was healthy, and Big Ben really started trusting him. I like James Washington a lot. He was a second round pick last year. I think he comes in with uh, some big shoes to fill. I like the Dante Moncrief signing. I think that's another signing that uh, kind of yeah. flew under the radar. Um, yeah. It's a seasoned guy who's going to step in and going to be a part of a high-volume passing offense. So I think the weapons are all there. I think, like you said, the defense is going to be pretty poor, and uh, I could see them needing to throw the ball more in some tough games. And, you know, right out of the shoot, you're, you're playing the New England Patriots. You yep. know? So um, I think when you look at the schedule, too, the game script looks like there's going to be some high-scoring games there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. All right. I can dig it. Um, my The number four guy on my list um... – I think has great potential for this year just simply because he's playing inside on turf in a dome, a bunch of his games. And that is Matt Ryan. Who's your number four? Well, we have the same number four. Matt All right. Ryan is my number four as well. So yeah, we're, we're back on board here. Uh, Matt Ryan is also my number four. And yeah, absolutely. I love his weapons. Austin Hooper continues to take steps forward. Julio Jones is obviously we know how fantastic he is, but Calvin Ridley really opened my eyes last year. He, he had a, he had a, very nice rookie season. If he can build on that, um, I think Matt Ryan is is in line for another fantastic year. Not to mention Mohamed Sanu's your wide receiver three. That is that's a nice luxury to have. So yeah, uh, that supporting cast is very nice. Uh, the return of Devontae Freeman, who's a good pass catching back out of the backfield, is only going to help Matt Ryan. Yeah, I'm pretty high on Calvin Ridley too. I think uh, I think he's have another. You know, he started off great, could have another good year, uh, and then Scott Fishbowl uh, nine. I think he's my. I think I dropped him as my wide receiver too because I waited a little bit on receivers. So I'm really hoping that uh, that he produces this year and continues, you know, what he did last year. Yeah, I like it. I like that a lot. I think uh, this, he's looking at a big second year, in my opinion, as well. Nice. So uh, number five, I uh, have Aaron Rodgers. Number five, I have Drew Brees, and uh, again, these these guys are kind of similar because they're both veterans, both yeah. in high powered offenses, both. Um, I just, I, I really like, I, I think the window is closing on Drew Brees and the Saints mm-hmm. as far as competing. And so I think this is the year that uh, that they got to show some urgency. Um, looks like they're going to pay Michael Thomas. Uh, at least they're in uh, contract negotiations. Sounds like they're close. 
at the time being. Um, Alvin Kamara is a fantastic pass catching back. He does so much on the field and really helps uh, balance the uh, the offense out. But the signing of Jared Cook really does a lot yeah. uh, for me, for Drew Brees, because he did not have that safety valve over the middle. He didn't have that third option in the passing game outside of Kamara and Thomas. So I really like that signing. I think if Jared Cook can stay healthy, Drew Brees is going to finish the season the way he started it last year. And I think he's he's going to be a top five quarterback this year. I like it. Yeah, I could see it. Um, I think I dropped Brees a little bit just because it was hard for me to put him projection wise in front of some of the guys I have uh, I have in front of them, uh, like Aaron Rodgers and, and my number six pick, uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, so who do you have at number six? We're going to have a little bit of difference here because my number six is Carson Wentz. And I, I really like Carson Wentz this year. I think Alshon Jeffrey is a guy who is is underrated I, I i just feel like when he's healthy and the quarterbacks are are hitting their groove he is heavily involved zach Ertz going to have another great year dallas goddard's going to be uh, going to increase his playing time i think the two tight end sets are only going to help miles sanders is a great receiving back um, so i really like uh, the way the season sets up for carson wentz and some of those divisions he uh, or some of the uh, division opponents he faces um, dallas is a great against pets very good against the run but not always great against the pass and the giants are terrible against the pass so I think Carson Wentz could have a very nice season. I like it. Yeah. And one guy that we talked about uh, uh, on the last mini pot I did with uh, with Bob Lung uh, was Deshaun Jackson coming back to Philadelphia. And I think that's huge for that passing game and for Carson Wentz to have another dynamic uh, wide receiver like that that can stretch the field and and uh, and and it just already kind of has that rapport in Philadelphia, you know. And so I think the return of DJX is going to play dividends for for Carson. Absolutely. No, I, that, I agree with that, too. And I also think that that's that's nice because we don't know what Nelson Aguilar we're going to get. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had a, a version of him where he looks he looks very, very good and a version of him where he looks very, very replaceable, rather. Um, but we also have J.J. Arcega Whiteside. So I think the right. weapons there are really are really uh, coming together there for Philadelphia. And so I think Carson Wentz um, needs to have a healthy season. But if he has a full healthy season, I think he's uh, he's in line for a very nice year. Yeah, and, and we've seen him right uh, have MVP type season. So yeah, as long as long as he could stay healthy, and I think you know that's a lot of guys in this league. But um, it, it's hard to project predict injuries, and and so barring injury, yeah, I could I could totally see it. Um, you know, I, I don't I have Wentz definitely within my top ten, so I don't think we're we're super far off there. But um, yeah, I, I'm liking Baker a little bit more just because of you know, getting OBJ and then having, you know, his second full year in that system, I just see a bunch of progression from him. But um, I guess that makes me curious to see who we have at seven, because I have Russell Wilson at number seven. I, I love Russell Wilson. He's so steady. But this is where we start seeing a little bit of overlap, because I have Deshaun Watson at seven, and I know mm. you had him a little bit higher. Um, so I'm interested. What what do you expect from Deshaun Watson this year? Well, I'm very much hoping for not the same amount of sacks that he got last year and they can keep him upright. And they didn't do a whole lot to fix that offensive line, but they did do a couple things. And I think with, with Nook and with a healthy uh, Will Fuller and, um, and Kiki Kuti, you know, Deshaun Watson, when he was coming out and in uh, – from college and in that draft class, you know, by some people was talked about as like the Michael Jordan of that draft class, right? Like it was like the best player available. And so I just don't think we've really fully seen what Deshaun Watson can do. And going into this season, which I believe is his third season, um, with that rapport that he's developed over the years. And again, with them seeing how many times he's gotten sacked and, you know, they, they need to prevent that from happening. I just see him 
putting up a bunch of numbers uh, also with his feet, you know, and I think that's what gives guys like him, you know, even Baker or Russell Wilson, a little bit of a leg up is, is they're getting those extra points from, from running and uh, yards and touchdowns. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's always a nice bonus that you have that, that ability there um, on top, you know, the, the rushing ability. And I also, I, I feel like Deshaun Watson is, is talented enough to finish as the, the fantasy quarterback one. I think the, the main thing for him, I, I don't even knock him. The reason why I have him down a little lower is because I, I really feel like for him to reach his pinnacle, he needs guys like Will Fuller and Kiki Kuti to be healthy mm-hmm. they're, they're I mean when you look at their numbers when they're healthy for a full game with Deshaun Watson I mean Will Fuller averages I think a touchdown a game yeah it, it's unbelievable and Kiki Kuti was fantastic last year when he was healthy um, it's just a matter of those guys staying healthy and it's tough to to trust Will Fuller to do that at this point Kuti we haven't seen you know very often um, obviously last year being his first year he was a little bit banged up um, throughout the year but I mean if we can get even one of those two guys healthy I think Deshaun Watson can finish top five it's just he's he's really in my opinion he's reliant on those guys because DeAndre Hopkins we know he's going to get his the tight ends they don't really get much from and they don't get much from the backs in the passing game either so Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. they really need those other receivers to stay healthy yep just like when I uh, talked to Bob Long I'm just going to have to go ahead and uh, adjust some of these rankings after this talk because that makes sense you know it, it makes sense to me um He's he, the the relative unknowns or the the range of outcomes that can happen because of the health of his wide receivers and and like I said you can't predict injuries but when someone has a history of injuries you definitely have to take that into consideration. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we do with Will Fuller, but no, it's it's interesting because that that could be you could change it and be kicking yourself because Deshaun Watson definitely has the talent to be up there. He he could be a top two, top three fantasy quarterback. I think so. Yeah. So, so here's where I have Breeze is, uh, is at the eighth slot. So um, who do you have there? Well, and I have Aaron Rodgers here, and I know I'm lower on Aaron Rodgers than most are, and here's why. A, uh, we've seen two seasons in a row where he has not been healthy, um, mm-hmm. and he's, he's going to be 36, so he's getting up there in age. Um, and I, I just, the supporting cast, I mean, I love Devontae Adams. Uh, but, I mean, I don't love anything else there. MVS um, is kind of an unknown even after his first year. I mean, we didn't see a lot from him, but we saw a little bit. Um, same thing with uh, Equinemius St. Brown or mm-hmm. ESB. That's another guy that, you know, we kind of saw flashes from, but I don't know that he's consistently good. Geronimo Allison is hurt often, and we don't really know what we have there with him. Um, I, I, Jimmy Graham didn't look like the same Jimmy Graham that uh, that he has been in the past. Right. Uh, Jay Sternberger is still a rookie. I just don't know who steps up. Yeah. And who really is going to be that guy that is going to help Aaron Rodgers become a top five quarterback again this year? Um, I'm not saying it can't happen. One of those guys certainly could. Um, I just don't have the answer on who it's going to be, and that scares me a little. Yeah, and those young guys have talent, right? I mean, they're they're definitely talented receivers, but uh, yeah, at this point, who is the wide receiver too, right? And and who's really going to take that role and, and support Devontae Adams? Because if it's just Devontae, as good as he is, I mean, you can scheme against that if you only have one guy to really worry about. And that's just it. And and I worry about that division. I mean, Minnesota's defense is getting better. You have to play them twice. The Chicago Bears defense is fantastic. You have to play them twice. And while Detroit's defense isn't the greatest, they have a defensive-minded head coach, and I expect them to take a step forward. So um, I think those six division games that they have, I think, are going to be brutal, too. So um, it's going to be tough for Rodgers, I think. But you know what? I, I would never doubt Aaron Rodgers. He's He's been so good throughout his career. Um, I just I, the, the quarterback position, the landscape of the quarterback position, right? 
right now is is so there's there's so many options there that it's hard for me to see Aaron Rodgers become a top five quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And then, and then I think that's what makes the top 10 uh, for quarterbacks kind of so hard is, you know, outside of Luck and Mahomes, right? Like where we're at in the top two, I think there's a lot of different things that can happen in a lot of different ways to look at these uh, quarterbacks to see where they could end up. And you know, at the end of the day, I mean, a top 10, a, a, you know, quarterback three to 10, you know, how much real difference is there going to be there um, in production at the end of the year? But, you know, if you can snag any one of these guys early in your draft um, or, ideally you know a little bit later not reaching too early for some of these guys um i think you'll be good with anyone that we've named so far right yeah no i agree and that that's the great thing about quarterback right now is that you don't have to grab a quarterback early um you know the the difference between qb1 and qb10 or 12 um it shouldn't be very great as opposed to the difference between some of the other positions one and 12 yeah so, yeah you can i think you can wait at quarterback this year especially in uh, in one qb leagues right so so uh, i have roethlisberger as my number nine and i know you had him earlier so curious to see who you have there I actually have a guy we haven't brought up yet. I have Cam Newton there. Um, All right. Cam Newton, really, to me, it depends on his health. I mean, if his shoulder's healthy, so far it sounds like he is. Um, they're they're uh, they have him in camp. Um, they're just going to put him on a pitch count. They're gonna, you know, they don't want to overwork him. Um, I I I think Cam Newton is drastically underrated. He's another guy who gets a lot of a lot of points with his legs. Um, he's he's a good enough passer to make points there. I think DJ Moore takes a step forward. Christian McCaffrey is fantastic in the passing game, and if Greg Olson can stay healthy for a full year. I still think, even so though the good. guy's at an advanced age, yeah, he is. He, he just, they have chemistry between Cam Newton and Greg Olson. The chemistry there is fantastic. He's going to use Greg Olson. So uh, I, I still think that Cam Newton can be a top 10 quarterback in this league, even with some of the younger guys coming in and, and showing out. I think, uh, I think Cam Newton finds himself in a very interesting situation in that division. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about a division that you're going to have to score points in, mm -hmm. playing in Atlanta twice, the Saints twice, and now Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians head coaching over there um, you may have to score points in every one of those six matchups right uh, so that that's that's another interesting thing to look at is the game script there could call for a lot of passing attempts for cam yeah and have you been uh, watching all or nothing at all on amazon i did you know i binge watched it i had to, I, I had to watch the whole thing and yeah. it's funny because i fell in love with cam all over again i used to used to be very high on them and then you know like I, there were some other guys that i kind of started liking a little bit more and then when i watched that i thought man this guy just he, he's he's so good. He's yeah. so good, and he has fun doing it. And I I, I enjoy rooting for him. But uh, but no, I th I think at uh, at at nine, I think I think is reasonable uh, for him to to fulfill that that expectation. I don't think uh, I don't think my love for Cam uh, o overwent uh, anything that uh, he's he's not capable of doing. Yeah, and I like watching. Like you were talking that uh, the rapport that Greg Olson has with him, you know, and you like to see that behind the scenes stuff and like to see because I think for certain uh, for quarterbacks and pass catchers, uh, you know, any position that's going to catch the ball um, rapport matters, rapport matters, you know, greatly. And I think that's why you see uh, Christian McCaffrey get so many checkdowns and so many balls thrown his way. I mean, even if it's not a checkdown, it's just because they have that chemistry and he and Cam knows like. CMC is going to catch the ball and going to do something with it, right? So uh, I'm curious to see how how these these younger guys uh, step up for them. But but someone like Greg Olson and um, you know another older tight end Delaney Walker, you know coming back fully healthy, I think it's going to be really interesting for the tight end position this year and, and maybe a little bit of a not a resurgence but kind of a bounce back from from such a terrible tight end year last year. 
Yeah, yeah, outside of the top three, right? I mean, right. that was, that was there, there, there was nothing after that. So yeah, I think uh, you're right. There, there definitely could be with some of the older guys, some of the guys who uh, who also struggled to stay healthy, like uh, Jordan Reed and mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham. If those guys can uh, can stay healthy for a full 16, it's interesting to see what those guys can provide too. So tight end position is definitely interesting this year. You nailed that. Yeah, and we're doing a we'll do another mini pod on tight ends, and I'm. At first, I was not excited about talking about it, but the more I get into it, I'm actually excited to talk about them because I think there's some it's going to be a little bit different. And I think, um, you know, outside that top three, you know, like you're saying, um, there's going to be real interesting to see people's rankings on on who they think is going to step up. But, you know, to to, to round out the top 10 um, on my list, I have Carson Wentz. And again, I know he was earlier on your board. Um, So who do you have at 10? I have a guy that was earlier on your board, and that's Russell Wilson. All right. Um, I, I think Russell Wilson is is almost a lock to be a top ten quarterback. It seems like, no matter what, I mean, going into last year, we didn't we didn't think his you know he had a whole lot of, of supporting around him, and he didn't, and he still finished you know as a top quarterback. I mean, it's just unreal how how you can you know just kind of bank on this guy being a top option at the fantasy uh, at the quarterback position for fantasy mm-hmm. again there's so many guys now that can, that can do that that can be top 10 guys but it, it's it's hard for me not to put Russell Wilson in the top 10 even with a limited supporting cast I, I think uh, they, they tried to add a little bit to it by drafting DK Metcalf mm-hmm. um, you know they get Will Disley back and they, they have some some small parts that they they tried to add to it and uh, and I think in the long run, that could help, but I think this year it's probably not going to help too much. So um, it, it's going to be interesting. The loss of Doug Baldwin, I think, is going to be big too. So um, I, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm not betting against <laughs> Russell Wilson to, to be a top 10 quarterback again. Well, I think you're right. Like, it's hard to to count him out. It's hard to say he's not going to be when he keeps showing you that he's going to be. And even in a run-heavy offense that Seattle has, he still continues to produce and he still continues to put up those numbers. And I'm never that high on him going into the draft. I never really find myself trying to target him or draft him. And I kind of kick myself every year when it doesn't happen because I just watch him on someone else's team do really well. And I was like, man, when I finally try to get Russell. But, um, you know, I'm really high on Tyler Lockett this year. So I'm hoping that's one guy that will help him continue to get those top 10 uh, quarterback numbers. Yeah, absolutely. He was ultra efficient last year. I I don't know that he can do that again. However, um, he's probably going to see more targets. So he he shouldn't have to be that efficient. But, um, man, I, I... yeah, with Russell Wilson as your quarterback, all things are possible. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I sent you a list of 25 quarterbacks, and I definitely don't want to go through, you know, just run down the list and go through them all. Uh, so at this point, you know, I kind of want to talk about some ones that, like, stand out or um, maybe I had, like, way too low, you know, of rankings in your opinion or guys that you, you might think they're going to gonna bust out this year and have a good year. Um, so one guy that I, I think is kind of polarizing and, and again, going back to, uh, to your, your podcast mate, uh, Stompy, um, you know, is, is, uh, Lamar Jackson. So, uh, I currently have him as my quarterback 15 and am I too high or too low on him? Uh, I, I think that's just about right. I, I, Lamar Jackson, again, is one of those guys to me. His ceiling is through the roof. I mean, this guy's going to get you a ton of points with his legs. If he can progress and, and get those points with his arm as well, I mean, man, you're just you're, you're sitting pretty because he is he's going to get you those points with his legs. So, um, you know, I think Lamar Jackson definitely has that high ceiling, but the floor is pretty low, right? Because mm-hmm. if he doesn't progress as a passer, you know, how, how long do they, do they continue trotting him out there if he's struggling to throw the ball, if he's throwing interceptions, if his completion percentage is really low? You know, how 
long can they can they win playing playing football? You know, running 35, 40 attempts, um, and right. you know, having him carry the ball an extra ten times. So um, to me, it's interesting. He's an interesting uh, polarizing player, but I think right around that spot is where I would have him. As a matter of fact, on my list, I have him sixteenth. So okay. fifteen, sixteen. I think I think that's right where I would feel comfortable taking a shot on Lamar Jackson. Okay, and uh, you know, I'm just assuming. Stompy has him as like quarterback one or two or something on his list, and he's you know <laughs> super high on him. And he's been he, touting him, but top ten for sure. For I know sure, he right? said. He, I know he said Lamar Jackson's finishing top ten, and I know he's ahead of Josh Allen on his list. Don't get okay. him started with that. Okay. So the next guy uh, I want to talk about on my list uh, is the next one on my list is uh, is Kyler Murray, and I think. You know, as I'm looking at this list, talking to you, I'm, I'm just worried I am actually a little bit too high on this rookie, even though he's going into a great situation as far as pass happy offense with that air raid from Cliff Kingsbury going in there in Arizona. Um, where do you have Kyler Murray on your list? I have him at 19, and I, I've been cautioning everybody on Kyler Murray for this year. Uh, for Dynasty, you know, if you're really high on, on Kyler Murray, I, I don't blame you. But but in redraft this year, I, I caution people only because, A, it's his, obviously everyone's first year in this system, right? Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray is, is, you know, he's making that jump. He's also, it's his first year playing with these guys. And they also added three new wide receivers uh, through the draft. So there's a lot of new new parts that you're trying to integrate into this offense. I think when you try to do that, sometimes, I mean, you just have communication issues. There's not a lot of chemistry. There's not a lot of time to build chemistry. It's, it's tough. So I would say for the, at least for the first half of the season, I would caution, you know, people to, to just be patient with Kyler Murray. I'm not sure what that Arizona offense is going to look like. And, uh, and I don't know that anybody knows really how successful it can be. So I think it's interesting. You're, you're definitely kind of taking a shot in the dark with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, you're drafting him for what he can be, uh, but we don't really know what he, you know, where he struggles or what, you know, what his deficiencies could be. Um, so I just, I caution everyone because that, that Arizona team was devoid of, of talent last year. And I still think they still have some of those, some of those things that are going to show up that offensive line. I, I don't yeah. think it's great, especially in pass pro. Um, and, you know, we're, we're still going to see a, a, you know, Caleb Wilson is, is what he is. Uh, he's, he's a tight end. They took a, a very late in that draft, but I, I, I don't know that they have an, an answer at that tight end position either. Um, Charles Clay is a guy who's older. Um, I, Ricky Seals-Jones, we've been waiting to break out for years. I, I still don't know. I, there's still some holes on that team, so I caution everyone a little bit with Kyler Murray this year. How, how high do you have him ranked? I'm curious. Uh, you know, I have him right now at 16, and I, I don't like it. I <laughs> want to I wanna bring him <laughs> down a little bit um, from there, especially for redraft. You know, I guess to ask you, uh, would you feel comfortable in the one quarterback league having him as your quarterback two, or in a super flex having him as your quarterback two? Is you know, is he is he the kind of guy that you know because he has potential upside? Uh, do you want to have on your roster to to plug and play at certain weeks, or someone that you would even consider not necessarily being your number one starter, but your second starter in a super flex? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. For me, it depends on who I drafted ahead of him. So if if I have a, a top five quarterback, if I have a guy who I am very comfortable with, 
and he has a wait by week. Uh, that to me is going to be key too because I don't want to use, again, Kyler Murray, I, I expect to struggle early in the season. So if I have a quarterback who has a bye week, week four, um, I don't know that I want Kyler Murray as my backup. Um, however, if it's week 10, week 11, I think by then he can he could really start, uh, start coming into his own. And then I wouldn't mind having him as my quarterback too. I would feel a little bit more comfortable with that, hoping that, you know, the only week I have to use him is that. And, you know, if he, if he starts hitting, you know, uh, really hitting his stride week seven, week eight, I can play matchups if I need to. Mm-hmm. So that that's always nice too. And then in Superflex, it's the same for me. If, if, it's, a, if it's a redraft Superflex league, you know, if, if my QB1 is a safe option, I'll, I'll I, you know, I don't mind if, if you're really high on Kyler Murray. I don't mind taking a swing at the upside at that point and saying, hey, look, if this guy hits, he's going to hit big. Um, but if he misses, you know, at least I have the steady, you know, the steady uh, production coming from a guy like Drew Brees or Matt Ryan or a guy who I can trust um, to, to put up those good numbers week in and week out that I don't have to worry about. So, yeah, yeah to me, that, uh, that's that's the way I would approach it with Kyler Murray. Okay. Okay, cool. So the, the two next guys I want to talk about, uh, one I'm definitely higher on than most um, and had to temper myself on my rankings because slightly homer pick on that one, um, but slightly I think he's going to have a good year. And then the other one I'm – I think lower on than other people um, who are really loving uh, Bruce Arians going there. So the first guy uh, would be Derek Carr and I have him as my quarterback 19 currently, but I feel like he has potential uh, to be top 15. Yeah, I have Derek Carr as my QB 20 and there's definitely room for growth there. My, my concern with Carr isn't, isn't really with Carr. I think the supporting cast has has been upgraded tremendously with Antonio Brown, with Tyrell Williams, with a, a, a good running back in Josh uh, Jacobs, a guy who uh, who they they drafted highly because they like a lot. I think the supporting cast has has gotten a lot better uh, there for Derek uh, Carr to actually put up some good numbers. The my problem is, is that I I don't trust John Gruden. Mm-hmm. Um, I I haven't trusted John Gruden um, since. You know, before they played one one game under him, so yeah. uh, I, I to me that that's the only that's the only reason why I'm hesitant on Carr. I do think he has he has the potential to finish as a a, a low end QB one, high end mm-hmm. QB two. You know, uh, anywhere from twelve to fifteen, I could see him finishing. He has the talent. The game script could be for them to pass a lot, and I think that you know the the. Uh, uh, the attempts being high, I, I, I like that. So I like Carr this year. I just, um, I just don't, I don't like his head coach, and that's yeah. what worries me a little bit. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And you know, I think um, uh, I'm hoping you know a second year in the system together, you know, for both of them, for for Gruden to be calling plays again, you know, and get have a year to be used to that, um, and, and Carr just to have another year to be used to that system. I, I'm hoping it's better, you know, all around. But again, uh, you know, hope is. A, you can't really rely on hope for fancy right? It's, it's all about managing risk. So you, you want a little bit more of a sure thing, um, you know, and, and so that goes into the next guy. Um, and I think in my opinion, people are thinking he's more of a sure thing than I think he is because of Bruce Arians going there. And that's Jameis Winston, who I have as my quarterback 20. Yeah. If, uh, if there's two quarterbacks I'm not touching and I don't have them in my top 25, that is Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. I, I want nothing to do with either of those guys. Same draft class, picks one and two, and I think their their careers have have uh, taken very similar parallels. Um, yeah. For different reasons, uh, but but yeah, Jameis Winston's a guy who he just turns the ball over too much. Um, he 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 doesn't protect the ball. I don't think that that's 
going to go over well with Bruce Arians. I think Bruce Arians can take a, an average quarterback and make them above average. So if, if Jameis Winston's going to continue to turn the ball over, he's going to continue to, to make boneheaded reads and, and, and throws, then I think that's going to be the problem. I think Bruce Arians is probably going to replace him sooner rather than later because I think in, in his mind, he can take a guy off the bench and he can make him you know a, a serviceable quarterback for this team. So right. uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything out of Jameis Winston and that leads me to believe that uh, he um, is going to have a good fantasy season this year, even with Bruce Arians in town. Well, and then for for Scott Fishbowl, you know, just finishing drafting, I definitely was seeing people going going late, obviously, um, obviously, um, but going with Jameis Winston as their quarterback one. And, and, you know, it's a little bit of a different scoring, you know, for Scott Fishbowl versus, you know, other most fantasy leagues. But still, um, you know, if you had Jameis as your quarterback one, I'm assuming you'd feel real bad about that. Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I would never allow I, I wouldn't allow it to happen. I would force myself to take a quarterback uh, other than Jameis Winston. I, even even I, I'm even higher on guys like Andy Dalton. Um, mm-hmm. So I would I would feel better having Andy Dalton as my QB one over Jameis Winston. So yeah, I I, uh, I wouldn't would not feel good if that was the case. And uh, and I would think I failed the draft if if I came away with him as my QB one personally. However, I do understand that there are some people who are going to say, hey, look, I'm going to take the value at all these other positions. I'm going to load up on two QBs and I'm going to take a fire on that I think could perform high and just hope. And hey, if they cross their fingers and, you know, it works, man, they're going to look good because they, they probably loaded up at the other positions. But um, it's not a not a, a kind of a strategy I would employ. Yeah. And, and, you know, especially again for, you know, the reason you're on here to talk about Superflex strategy and Superflex leagues. Um, you know, the, the last guy we were just talking about with Derek Carr, like I'd feel comfortable with Derek Carr was my quarterback too, even in a super flex league um, or even, you know, like quarterback three um, to, to plug in there, especially if I got one of the top, you know, five to seven quarterbacks uh, with Jameis. I mean, I, I'm still a little bit worried um, as my second quarterback in a super flex league, um, you know, versus Derek Carr. So that for me, like definitely that's part of the reason I have those two switches because, um, I, I almost would rather bank on the potential upside of uh, of Carr that hasn't lost his job to you know a quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, like like Jameis has, and, and definitely isn't trying to eat W's on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you. I, I uh, not having him in my top twenty five is because hey, I want two top twenty four guys in Superflex, and I would not feel comfortable with having to rely on Jameis week in and week out as one of those two. So yeah, absolutely, I agree with you hundred percent. I think we're in the minority though. I think most people would rather have Jameis Winston right. than Derek Carr. Right, exactly, and that's yeah, and that's exactly why I wanted to bring it up because especially on Twitter, that's definitely the trend that I've been seeing. Um, and I recently uh, jumped on uh, Raider Cody's podcast that just talk just talk Raider uh, fantasy football guys and you know and he's asking like you know are you seeing Derek Carr rise and then in ADP and you know I've been in like 12 uh, dynasty startup drafts this offseason and and no I haven't you know and I think it's because everyone's hating on Derek Carr but loving Jameis Winston and I'm looking at it like one in my opinion is way better you know and and, and has been more consistent and shown it but I think everyone's falling in love with that potential upside and Bruce Arians and what he can do, you know, quarterback whisper and all that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think a lot of it is, uh, is scenario driven and, uh, 
that's that's kind of where they're where they're kind of coming up with that. But you're right. Uh, this this is a guy who was suspended last year and wasn't going to get his job back from Ryan Fitzpatrick until he laid an egg the mm-hmm. last game before Winston came back. Winston comes back, plays a few games, and then loses his job right away to Ryan Fitzpatrick again. Now, yeah. I I don't think that that coaching staff last year in Tampa Bay had any knowledge on what they were doing. Um, but however, I will say that. Uh, they 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 needed a change there um, at that quarterback position at the time, and it wouldn't shock me if that happens again this year. And so we we mentioned Lamar Jackson earlier, you know, uh, coming back for a second year. But um, I guess to kind of lump them all together, I mean, who's your favorite quarterback coming back of the second year quarterbacks between Trubisky, uh, Josh Allen, uh, and Sam Darnold? Um, you know, who's kind of your who do you have higher, or is, do you like the most out of that group? Well, out of those three, it's interesting because I think I'm I'm really close with Sam Darnold and Lamar Jackson. I think I think Lamar Jackson has the higher ceiling in dynasty. Um, so I would I would say I like Lamar Jackson best if I'm drafting for a dynasty draft. In a redraft this year, I think I like Sam Darnold. I, I like the fact that they added a running game. Um, Le'Veon Bell is going to help him out tremendously. He's an excellent pass catching back too. Robbie Anderson is fantastic as a uh, as a wide receiver one. Um, they now they are going to miss Christopher Herndon for the first four games he suspended and I think that will hurt a little bit but I do think that Jets supporting cast has gotten better and so I expect Sam Darnold to take a step forward so I like Sam Darnold a lot this year if we're talking redraft I would say Sam Darnold would be my guy if we're talking dynasty I like Lamar Jackson long term I think uh, you know they, they have a lot of young guys they added to that offense they drafted a couple of uh, of good young receivers that I like like Miles Boykin and like mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown mm-hmm. but I don't expect them to contribute right away at a high level year one Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the last guy I, I want to mention, um, and I mean, he's a, he's a great quarterback on the field and, but wasn't a great quarterback fantasy wise last year. And so currently I have him as my quarterback 24, but there's always that, that, that voice in the back of my head, that's going to be kicking me because this guy is a winner and he's a proven winner and a very polarizing figure. Cause you either hate him or you love him, uh, but that's Tom Brady at number 24. Yeah, I have him at 23, um, and I can tell you I firmly am in the love him camp because I I, uh, I respect the heck out of him. I love watching him come playoff time. I, I uh, respect what the Patriots have done. Yeah. But you're right. For, for fantasy purposes, I mean, the guy is in his in his early 40s now. Um, it, it Signs are pointing to, hey, Bill Belichick is going to run the ball more. You look at the playoffs and, and what New England did, they really relied heavily on Sony Michelle. Yeah. He averaged over 100 yards and two touchdowns running, uh, rushing a game in the playoffs. I think that continues. I think Bill Belichick is always so great at when everyone else is zigging, he's going to zag. Everyone else is drafting these quick guys, these undersized guys, these guys that can stop the pass because it's becoming a pass-happy league. And what's Bill Belichick going to do? He's going to run two tight end sets and run it down their throats. Yep. That's, that's <laughs> what I expect. So I expect Tom Brady to... Uh, to see less and less pass attempts as the years go on. It's going to prolong his career. It's going to keep him on the field, and I think that's that's going to be the, the game plan that Bill Belichick and the Patriots uh, kind of go with. So I don't expect huge fantasy numbers from Tom Brady, but again, I love watching the guy. Um, so, you know, if, if I had to take him as my quarterback two, um, I'd probably be drafting a quarterback three right away after that, and it'd probably be mm-hmm. a young, high upside guy. Yeah. But uh, but I would love to, to have him on my roster just so I can cheer for him. Yeah. And, and I, I, I 
many years for for I don't even know how long I just find myself drafting Tom Brady usually late and a lot of times it's not my first quarterback but in the season he gets plugged in there because he's you know he's not messing up he's not throwing interceptions and he's protecting the ball and he's not a sexy pick but if you're waiting on someone like Tom Brady then then like you said about um about Winston you're probably loading up everywhere else right and so you could kind of take a little bit of of a gamble on someone like him because at the right ADP, you know, it could work out and it could work out where where you're stacked everywhere else, um, you know, but then that goes a little bit again back into to super flex uh, strategy, you know, and and at least uh, for you, the you know, the type of super flex player uh, that you are in leagues, um, because quarterback is a little bit more of a premium, uh, are you going quarterback early still? Um, and trying to get one of those top three guys, you know, in, in the first three or four rounds, or are you still trying to wait a little bit um, and, and get kind of your mid range uh, talent there for, for a better ADP? Yeah. Well, first off, uh, most of the super flex drafts I'm in the startups, normally the first three to four quarterbacks are off the board by the end of round two. Okay. Uh, they, they go pretty, they go pretty quick um, because they're uh, really, they're, they're the cheapest to, to acquire in the startup draft because when you don't have a quarterback, if you have a quarterback that gets hurt or gets benched, you can't find them on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just not going to find a decent one that that is serviceable on the waiver wire. So you're going to have to trade for one, and they demand top dollar. Yep. Because if you can afford to get rid of one, that means that you, I mean, you're one of the few teams that has three or four good options. So you can afford to get rid of one. So that, that just raises their value, and it raises their cost. So it's really interesting when you approach it that way in a super flex. Um, I, I, I normally like getting three options that uh, – that I'm comfortable with, but the quarterback situation, you know, this year in startups, there's so many quarterbacks that can contribute at a high level. You can get two guys that are QB twos, guys like, uh, you know, uh, guys that we haven't even mentioned. How about a guy like Philip Rivers and Kirk okay. Cousins? Maybe mm-hmm. you can get those guys in like the fifth and sixth, and then you can load up at, you know, some of the other positions in the first four rounds. You get those two guys, and you feel comfortable. You got two quarterback twos that I, I like a lot. Um, and then, you know, your third quarterback, you could take maybe around 10, round 11, round 12. You can get a younger guy, a Daniel Jones or someone that you're banking on coming in later that you're high on. Maybe it's not Daniel Jones. Maybe it's, you know, uh, Drew Locke. Maybe it's, you know, so, so one of the other younger guys in the league that you think, hey, you know what, somewhere down the road in the next few years, this guy I think is going to get uh, a chance. And if he shines, you know, once Philip Rivers retires, I got my answer right there. You know, right. So that's always nice too. Um, so it's interesting. There's, there's so many different i think that's the great part about superplex is there are so many different ways to approach the draft when you add in just one extra one extra um variable like an extra quarterback that you can start man it changes everything it opens up so many more options on team build and how you want to go about uh building your team again superflex hey you don't have to start a quarterback there i recommend doing it because they traditionally score more points than anyone else but hey if you decide you know what uh, everyone's grabbing quarterbacks so early. I can get two of my top 10 wide receivers and two top 10 running backs, you know, because everyone's going quarterback. I'm just going to do that. Um, and then you end up with just two quarterbacks that you feel like you can trust. On um, bye weeks, hey, you don't have to play that quarterback. So it's it's so interesting. There's so many different variables and so many different options that you have for your team build that I don't think you have to be married to any one specific draft strategy you can kind of go with uh with whatever whatever works for you during the draft and just be uh you know be able to adjust as things come at you 
Yeah, that's great. That actually was going to be my follow up question. You know, was was do you feel like you need to carry or at least draft uh, three quarterbacks, you know, and always have uh, a solid viable two two solid viable quarterbacks to go in those positions, uh, those roster spots each week? You know, or are you fine sometimes, you know, uh, playing another another position, you know, running back or receiver there? Um you know, because I got into a couple of super flex leagues uh, this offseason and saw a ton of different strategies. And, and in one of them, I, I was trading up to try to get um, it was like Baker and Deshaun as like my two top early quarterbacks, you know. Um, but then later on, it was a little bit tricky to fill out some of the top tier talent, you know, and in, in running backs and receivers. You know, so, I, yeah, that was my question was going to be like, you know, do you recommend, you know, going for two solid quarterbacks to fill those spots? Uh, hopefully guys that are consistent, not necessarily, you know, going for flyers um, or are you more of, um, you know, let's build everywhere else and just treat that as we can get that value later. Yeah, no, it's that, that's a great question. I I've seen it work that people draft quarterback late. They only draft a couple and I've seen it work to where that, that works for them. You know, they can make that work personally. I get a little anxious if I don't have my quarterback, yeah. uh, you know, my two quarterbacks by like the end of the fifth round. I get I get really anxious. If I don't have three by seven, then I'm really you okay. know, kind of out of my element. So I, I like having I like having three very, uh, you know, reliable options, even if, you know, um, for me, uh, there, there are guys uh, I mentioned Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a guy I like in the future. If I have him as my fourth quarterback, I feel great if I can get him in the 12th round. But if I have three decent options by the end of the seventh, maybe the eighth round man I, I i feel really good i feel good about my team build um and i feel like i can i can overcome some of the deficiencies at some of the other positions and then getting a guy like daniel jones later a guy who everyone else is low on that is probably going to start at some point this year mm-hmm. it, it means if he if he hits if he ends up being a decent fantasy option for me even a guy like josh allen i can move one of my other three quarterbacks to fill some of the deficiencies at the rest of my roster spots, um, like running back, receiver, um, anything else that I may have missed on in the draft, and I can ask for a premium because, again, whoever doesn't have that quarterback um, is really going to pay me because guess what? There's not a lot of teams that are going to be willing to trade a quarterback, and you kind of have the, 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 the market cornered a little bit mm-hmm. um, if you have four decent options. So uh, to me, that's, that's the way I like to approach it. But yeah, there's so many different options, and I've seen so many different uh, different approaches work that I can't knock any one of them. So I, I, my, my underlying advice is if you have not tried Superflex, give it a try. Don't be scared. Everyone makes mistakes, but I mean, I think, you know, if, if you do your homework, you're going to know exactly what to do. And uh, when the draft happens, you'll be able to kind of ebb and flow through it. And uh, it's always a good it's always a good experience. It's always a fun time. I think for most people, when they try Superflex, they really enjoy it after the first year. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And I, and I think we're seeing, um, a, definitely a trend, you know, and more and more leagues switching to super flex, adding that, even just adding flex, you know, like a couple of years ago, uh, was changing things, but yeah, to switch it up and add that quarterback there just brings a whole different, uh, type of strategy. Um, it's so different than most of your other leagues. And, and I'm right there with you, James. Um, I, I like to have my quarterbacks locked down. I mean, even in a one quarterback league, um, I, and I get it. You could totally wait. You know, I get the I get the argument for waiting and the value, and there's not that much of a difference between quarterback two and seven, and you know, yada yada. But uh, any year that I've done that and waited and haven't had that real top tier type quarterback, I'm always finding myself just kind of hating life a little bit and trying to scheme a way to get a better quarterback because even though it's one position, it's one position you want to have locked down. You know, and in the super flex league, you know, you just double that. You know, and 
um, it's good to hear you say, um, or to hear, you know, your, your personal strategy, you know, for, for getting those two guys in, in the top three to five rounds. And, um, yeah, you know, I think that's, that's big with, uh, with what I'm trying to do with these mini pods too, is trying to get some takeaways for the listeners, you know, for, for what you're trying to go for, uh, in a super flex league, you know? And so I think we were at a consensus, right. With luck and Mahomes at that one and two, that you're pretty good either way with those two guys up there, you're not going to go wrong. And then to not, to not sleep on on a couple of guys that that are veterans, but coming back, um, you know, maybe from injury or not forgetting, you know, don't have recency bias. You know, uh, someone like Cam Newton, yeah, just because he got a shoulder hurt doesn't mean he's not the same Cam Newton. He's always been um, and, and and fantasy, you know, a great uh, fantasy asset to have. Um, and I think lastly, you know, uh, number one takeaway for Superflex is, is is get those quarterbacks locked down, and and even if you're drafting that third or fourth one for trade value, you know, for trade bait, you know, that's that's what you can do in in Superflex leagues. Uh, like like James was saying, your your t- your quarterbacks are more at a premium, and if someone doesn't have one or is hurting or someone gets hurt, and, and you have a guy on, on your roster that you can give up and still be fine in Superflex, you're definitely going to get the premium for him. So. Um, I think that's definitely the play. And, and so, yeah, uh, I, I, I love the rankings, James. I, I love where you're at and the reasoning on, on, on a lot of these guys. I'm definitely going to relook at my rankings and, and kind of tweak them a little bit based on what we talked about here. But I guess if there's any other like free nuggets that we like to leave for our listeners, any other takeaways that you want to give for, for Superflex? Well, there is one thing I do want to share. Um, I, I am all about Superflex. I think it's the premium format to play in fantasy. So I tell you what, if you are listening and you are thinking about joining a Superflex league, go ahead and join it. Hit me up on Twitter. Um, you can hit up my DMs. I am at underscore James the Brain. Let me know you heard you heard me on the two-on-one pod with Tommy Mo, and I will be happy to help you out. I'll navigate you through your draft. Um, just let me know what you need, and I'll be happy to help you out. So anybody who's thinking about doing Superflex, just DM let me know you heard me on the two-on-one pod and uh, i'll be happy to help you out with anything that i can so don't be afraid jump right in and uh and i'll i'll be there with you every step of the way free nuggets right on and you know that's what i love about the fantasy football community on twitter you know is that the the guys that are willing to reach out and, and to help out and give advice and and that's yeah that's what we're all about uh the two-on-one pod you know if you, you ever hit us up we're definitely going to answer your questions um we're not too big for anybody so any questions big or small and same with james get in those super flex leagues try it out i guarantee you're gonna enjoy it you know try to get your home leagues to switch them switch up to, to super flex also I, I know they're gonna have fun with it and like we said it's gonna just add another wrinkle of draft strategy and trade strategy uh, and, and roster construction. And so, you know, any little wrinkle we can add to this game that we've all been playing for so long, I think is really cool. And so, yeah, thank you so much, James, for, for coming on the show. Um, you, you already dropped your Twitter handle, but uh, where else can uh, the listeners find your work? Yeah, always uh, listen to me on the Superflex Super Show, uh, where me and my two co-hosts uh, talk about Superflex and strategy. Um, we can be found on the DLF family of podcasts, which is over at DynastyWeekFootball.com. I'm also a writer and contributor over there. Um, and you can also find our podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us as well. Um, add us on with the uh, two-on-one pod. And, uh, you know, I think I think those go uh, very well hand-in-hand. Hand. I listen to them every week. So. Right on. All right, guys. So, uh, yeah, you got your takeaways. You got your uh, quarterback rankings and your strategy for Superflex. So go out there, get those Superflex leagues. Make sure you subscribe and rate and review the pod. Uh, that is Superflex Super Show. And, uh, yeah, 
especially on iTunes, because that is super important for all us podcasters. It helps us get out to other people. The way iTunes does their ratings and, and who they show on their site is who has the most ratings. So get out there, rate and review, sub both the pods. And yeah, thanks again, James. And uh, we'll catch you on Twitter. And thanks, everyone else. Thanks, Tommy. Right on. Bad boy good.